What's up, podcasters? Welcome, welcome, welcome. A quick reminder, you can watch this podcast on TSN's YouTube page. Search Cabby Presents Podcast, and the half-hour conversation will be there in all its glory. To the commuters, to the gym rats, to the aspiring actors and performers, five stars are available to rate this podcast on Apple or wherever you stream your podcasts. And now, my dude has entered the booth. But we're looking for a personality and a distinctive voice. I am tickled to death at what an idiot I am. Make fun of myself before someone else made fun of me. Have you ever been podgy? <laughs> I am right now. You always want to do stuff that is different and challenging. Is this fiction? What's happening here? But I need you to talk for like 15 minutes. Please. This is the Cabbie Presents Podcast. The last time I saw this man, we were at a Jay-Z concert in Toronto celebrating and singing along the 444 album. It's rare to find him in Toronto, though, because this young emerging actor spends his time on various coasts working on TV project after TV project after movie project after movie project. And when he's not on your big screen, he's electrifying red carpets as a trendsetter with sophisticated chic. Shamir Anderson, welcome to the Cabbie Presents Podcast, sir. I'm glad I didn't wear a tracksuit, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, but you would have worn like a freaking Balenciaga or a Gucci tracksuit or something. You're not just wearing Champion anymore. Or I still wear Champion. Do I'm you? still a Scarborough boy. I still be rocking Champion, you know? Listen, the last time I saw you, when we were at this concert, you were wearing a grill. Now oh this, my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's probably there's probably no photographic evidence. I might have to go on a deep dive on on I, Getty or or uh, Google I, to find you with a grill or something or somebody tagging you in a photo. Does the grill come out on special occasions? Yo, the the grill, see the grill, see that's my Scarborough roots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I can keep it 100 percent real, the, the grill. Any of my boys know me. I like my grill, but obviously, you know, the grill has to be pulled out in specific and particular situations. Very rarely the grill will come out, but yes, in situations like the Jay-Z concert in Toronto, after 10 p.m., the grill <laughs> may come out with a couple, a little bit of liquor inside of you, you okay, know? Right, yeah. When the, as Jay-Z says, when the Remy's in the system. The Remy's in the system. Are there special occasions where the grill comes out? Because I've seen on your IG and when you guys have the, the annual black ball, there's no grill in that. That is just straight up like everybody looks a hundred, like tailor, custom suits, bespoke suits. Oh, the, the, and and that is a very special occasion, but yeah. I haven't seen the grill in any of those photos. Um so no, where else does it make an, an appearance? The grill, um it makes an appearance usually man, I mean I don't even plan it. Sometimes it just happens when it happens, you know, like you know, like it's just I don't even know. <laughs> the grill. Wow. <laughs> to be honest with you, that may have been the last time I wore the grill, to be real with okay, you. Okay. So the grill hasn't made an appearance in a long time. Um, I think my PR team has advised me not to wear grills. <laughs> you know, on red well, carpets. Well, I just happened to see you. <laughs> but that, that was the one-off chat. Wow, it's incredible. You remember that? If you were to do like play a character where for some reason the character had a grill, would you just wear your own? Or would you get them to like make a new one for you? You'd be like, you know, guys, wardrobe. I got my own. You yeah, know, I, bring, I definitely wear my, my own. own. I definitely wear my own. You know, it's already <laughs> and that's been worn in. You know, right, it's right. right. Because I don't know if you know about grills. Once you get your first grill, you know, it takes some time to just kind of, you know, just get in there. You oh, know? no, I've never worn Listen, yeah, yeah. I'm not cool at, at all. I just, hey, I'm man, a... anybody can wear a grill. Okay, but Donna wears grills. You can wear a grill. That's Well, she's an icon, and I have a long way to go <laughs> to reach that status. Um, okay, speaking about concerts, do you ever, like the rest of us, 
get a certain amount of FOMO when like six or eight or ten people that you're following on Instagram are all at the same concert. You're just like, yo, I miss Travis Scott or friggin' Chance or Jay-Z or Drake. You're just like, man, everybody's at this concert, it feels like. 100%. Usually during like peak moments in the world like Coachella's or, yeah. you know, major award shows and I'm not present or working. Like the Met Gala's happening, you know, in May, May 6th, actually my birthday, and my brother's going. Okay. But I'm working on May 6th, so my phone turns off. I just turn off my phone for the right. whole day. <laughs> but you're going to see the photos the next day, bro. Hey, I, a couple days sometimes, yeah, no yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, I do get major FOMO. Um, and I've been very lucky. I've gone to every award show this year. But um, I'm probably going to be missing the Met Gala because, you know, because of work. I, I like, okay, well, that's awesome. That's a great. No, it's great. You know, and it's great. Maybe, it's great maybe next year, Anna Wintour will be like, all right, she's sending you the invitation directly. Hopefully. Hopefully. That would be pretty special. And I'm sure, you know, for you, because your Instagram account is like a lookbook for regular oh. dudes. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, yo, you're, the wow. fashion, your fashion game is tight, homie. I and appreciate you, man. Yo, Thank your, you. Your fashion Thank game you. is Thank tight. You. Thank so you. I imagine, like, the competition level for that event is just like you got to, you got to be like, you got to knock it out the park with. You got to either go way out there, I know. or just come with something super classy, like a, like a white tuxedo or black or right. whatever, and right. then just. But I'm sure for you, when the time that you do go, yeah. You'll put a considerable amount of thought into it, and you'll have a striking look. I'm that, hoping. That, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, thank you. I, wow, lookbook. That's uh, my Instagram is. A, I mean, listen. I just I love, I love feeling good. You know, with the clothes that I put on, and you know, I love I love fashion so much. Um, I wouldn't say by any means that I'm like a very very keen person in that world, understanding every designer. But I, I like color palettes and I like feeling good and looking good. But uh, I, I appreciate the sentiment of the fact of my, my Instagram being a lookbook, and I, I take that. So <laughs> it's thank true. you. It's thank true. It's true, dude. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Stefan, by the way, your your brother. Yeah. You guys are same dad, same mom. Or, same or, mom, same different mom. dad. Yeah. Yeah. I have older brother, same situation. Yeah, my yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's for, for people in the Caribbean. I mean, it's a regular occurrence. You know what I mean? Like, it's a tick. It is a tick. It's it a tick. I was recently interviewing a UFC fighter named Don Cerrone or Donald Cowboy Cerrone mm -hmm. from New Mexico, and I asked him about his guilty pleasures, which we will get to your right. guilty pleasures in a, in a little bit. But he said Goliath on Amazon Prime is his guilty pleasure no show. Way. But from I haven't seen it, unfortunately, but from what I've been reading online is it's not a guilty pleasure. It's a great show. Yes. Season one, highly rated and, and yep. very positive reviews. Right. Season two, uh, to some people kind of missed the mark. But season three, which is, I believe you're, yes. you're appearing in season three. I am. How did that come to be? And also, what can we expect from you in season three? Without giving away too much, because I don't know how much you're allowed to talk about. Right, right, right. Um, I read the script um, last September. Um, during TIFF actually and I put a self-tape together while I was in Toronto here and I put a self-tape together and I sent the tape in and then I got a Skype from the director offering me the job. Sick. And it was pretty straightforward. Given the role, I would expect, you know, a lot more steps and screen tests and meetings and but they offered it right off of my self-tape and uh, I can't speak too much on the, the, the plot line, but I'll say this, that I do play two characters. Sick! And um, it's probably the hardest roles that I've worked on in my entire career, just given the fact of playing two characters. I won't, you know, explain too much on what it is and what kind of characters, but this season I can say is going to be very special, very different, okay. pushing the envelope. Um, and... Just my personal experience working with Billy Bob Thornton, Bo Bridges, Dennis Quaid. We got another Canadian, Graham Greene, on the show as well. Legend. 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 I got to work with him, Amy Brenneman. 
I mean, it's 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 a masterclass. I'm probably the youngest guy on set through and through, from like crew to cast. You know, wow, like, okay. And like just to be able to, you know, sometimes it trips me out is having our cast chairs, the chairs that we sit in, like in between takes, and like I have a photo of Billy Bob Thornton, my chair, and then Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Nice. And like Dennis Quaid had a moment and said, "Yeah, I remember that film I did, The Parent Trap." I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing!" <laughs> you know, Dennis Quaid has made mention of the, the Parent Trap, and then Billy Bob Thornton, you know, who is a legend, yes, you know, like top shotter. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, this guy is like, you know, to hear him speak is like everybody just shut up. You know, his voice is immaculate, right? You know, just like that southern brooding, yeah. slow draw. I mean, he's cooler than cool itself you know it's great so the plot of the show centers around a lawyer who was i guess down and out in the first season he was fired by his law firm and his first big case on his own Mm -hmm. is against his former law firm Mm -hmm. that's the season one arc and then Mm -hmm. you know someone dies on a on a huge corporation's Mm-hmm. boat or something like that mm-hmm. um so i imagine he's still a lawyer and mm-hmm. you, you come into the, the fold mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how hard is it for you as as a young actor that when you're in the company of these ogs not to geek out too much mm-hmm. to keep it 100 percent real with you man like i geek out all the time you know i don't do it on camera or on set but places like my trailer <laughs> you know facetime in my hotel with my homies like this stuff never gets old to me man ever like i'm from scarborough you know what i'm saying and like, you know, being from Scarborough, being from Metro Housing in Scarborough, living in the hood of my mom and my brothers and my boys who, you know, have seen are seeing our success today. When I'm on set with Billy Bob Thornton, every time I say it, it's like I generally get excited. I generally get like happy, you know, any, any film that I'm on. And I just worked with uh, Johnny Depp on another project. We'll discuss it after. But like things like that, like th- that sentence alone is crazy. It you is know? crazy. And um, to, to answer your question more specifically, you know, I am professional. I show up. I do my job, and I'm very grateful, you know. And 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 when I when I rap, and I respectfully let them know that yes, I'm a fan of their work. I respect their work, you know. And I'm very very blessed to have them as peers and colleagues now. And I think that to me is like just a testament to, you know, anything is possible. You know what I'm saying? And like Billy Bob Thornton five years ago was just somebody that I used to watch on television and right. in movies. Yeah, yeah. And now he's my co-star. Sick. He's literally my co-star. Yeah. It's incredible. In those times where there's a lot of time downtime, okay, so they're moving cameras or changing positions. Mm-hmm. There's like, you're, sometimes the breaks are 45 minutes or like an hour, adjusting the lights or whatever. In the, those times, when you're sitting in that chair yeah. in between Dennis Quaid and <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton and they're having conversations, maybe you guys are talking about the scene or just talking about life or whatever, are you just like a student, just like absorbing stories from the masters and also who tells the best stories um great question i actually do observe and there's been moments where you'll have dennis quaid bull bridges and billy bob thornton in conversation and i actually have moments where i sit back and i go wow that's like a legends table right there yeah yeah you know and so um i do shut up (laughs) i do not engage (laughs) right because they have obviously relationships that go way beyond me you know those guys are a lot older than me and they've known each other you know longer than i've even been in the business of acting and so it's incredible to watch but i'm very engaged in those conversations you know at the end of the day you know all star struck stuff aside you know we're still peers we're still working and we talk on set offset we still got to work and figure out scenes and dialogue so it's a very casual process in that sense but when it does become personal and they have those personal conversations i definitely recline my seat and just sit back and be like <laughs> wow you know gems after gems after yeah, gems yeah. but they're just like you and i just a bunch of boys catching up really and cool. truly man 
Very cool. Uh, one last question about Billy Bob Thorne. I was listening to an interview you did on The Hollywood Reporter, one of these roundtable um, discussions with several actors, and he mentioned that the one of the most challenging things for him is the technical jargon mm-hmm. in some of the language. So he's playing a lawyer, so a lot of the lawyers speak. Sometimes he has trouble with. He's played an astronaut in the past. He's played a uh, air traffic controller. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing that challenges him. The hardest thing, honestly, for me in that, as well as movies like like an Armageddon, the hardest thing for me is always if I have a bunch of technical stuff to say. Mm-hmm. Like lawyer stuff. Jargon. If, yeah, jargon. Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. if you have to <clears throat> say stuff like that, I want to be able to say it knowing what it means. For you as an actor, what is, what is part of the process or the actual um, the work that's kind of trickier mm-hmm. for you? Is it the memorizing of the lines or is it the figuring out like what does this scene mean in the arc of the whole story? Or mm-hmm. what, what is it for you? Um, for me, my process, I come from theater school, right? So I did four years of theater school in Scarborough at Wexford Collegiate School for the Arts. And, you know, some would say that's classically trained, stage work, theater work. And so what challenges me is that I really, I really immerse myself in the process of transformation and chameleonizing myself as much as I can. So whether that be changing my hair, changing the way I stand, changing mm-hmm. the way I walk, changing like the way I speak from the inflections and different words and mannerisms, you know, I really try to embody myself in these characters where you're trying, you'll see very little of me if that makes sense, even though, yes, you're watching me in theory, in, but the reality is I'm trying to you know, essentially create something that's not there and live truthfully under these imaginary circumstances. So that's the difficult part because I'm really hard on myself and especially not to give away too much again, the character, I'm playing two characters. One of the characters has a very specific trait about him. Okay. So I have to learn a new quality to essentially dialogue to the other, it's a whole thing. But um, that's the hardest part because I'm always judging myself and I'm always making sure that I'm authentically being whatever that character is. You know, um, I played a, a gangbanger in a film with Johnny Depp and Force Whitaker, Custody of Lies, and I had to play a, a blood from Compton. I'm not a blood from Compton. <laughs> You're a, a kid from Scarborough, I'm a kid Ontario, from Scarborough Canada. Ontario, Canada. <laughs> yes, you yeah. know? Um, and so for me, for that process, I actually went to the hood. I spoke with some real authentic Paru members. You know, I had a cosign of some people, they were, will remain nameless, <laughs> um, <laughs> who are active members. And they, you know, gave me the talk, you know, they show me how to speak it, how to walk it, the signs, the gang signs, the symbols. So it's things like that for me, which is not on the page, but I throw that stuff in the mix to kind of give it that authenticity to like really, you know, be authentic on camera. So when does Gladiator season three come out? When is when can people go watch it? Goliath comes out. um, We don't know yet, but I think they're saying the fall. Okay, the fall. Yeah. And then this film with Johnny Depp, when does... City of Lies should be coming out later this year. Later this year. Yeah. Okay, dope. Um, when I first met you, we were randomly at the Drake Hotel. It's like a spot here in Toronto. And Selma had just come out. Yes. And I, had, and I saw the movie before... Yeah, you had a good memory. <laughs> well, yeah. Listen, I, yeah, I'm like a, I have the body of an elephant. I might as well have the memory of an elephant, too. Um, so I I saw Selma before meeting you. Mm-hmm. Stefan was in Selma, and then yeah, you were you played like his adversary in or race. Jesse Owens' adversary in race. In race. Yeah, yeah. Ulysses Peacock. Ulysses Peacock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, where was Race filmed? We filmed that in Montreal and Berlin, Germany. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah. And then who's actually faster in real life? <laughs> Um, Did you guys do one all out? Like, okay, this take, everybody's going all out. 
Uh, my character was faster in the film till he tore his hamstring. <laughs> um, but what about real life? Jameer, give me real life. Real life? Do you guys have at least like a 40-yard sprint? To be or? real, we haven't raced in real life, so I couldn't even tell you. We Not even on the, the set? Like, oh, just on the for... set, yeah. I, I, I beat him on the set. You know, yeah, but I you're supposed to, to I'm beat supposed him. to, but we actually haven't had a real race. So to be honest, I'd have to revisit that, that question after I've done that with my brother. So I got to see if we can have a race. One of these days when, uh, as we said, the Remy's in the system, I don't know if you get feel like this, but sometimes when I've had too many adult beverages, I feel like I'm very fast. Adult and, beverages. And then I just want to run. I don't know what that is. I just want to run down the street. And I'm a, I'm a rhinoceros and an <laughs> elephant, so I'm not moving very fast. But in my brain, I am whizzing down the street. I'm moving like a Porsche, my dude. <laughs> Anyway, and then the next time I saw you, um, we had uh, you just happened to have a night. You just threw a night at the Soho here in, in Toronto, mm-hmm. and you had like a bunch of people come by mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. When did when did the idea for the annual Black Ball start? And when was the first one? Three years ago was the first one, and the idea started four years before that. So the year before I launched the first one, where. You know, I used to come to the festival, you know, just as an audience member, as a fan. You're talking about Toronto? Toronto International Film Festival Festival, in Toronto that happens in September. And, I mean, for me, it was super incredible. And I just felt, specifically, there was a lack of black celebration and black filmmakers. And so I said, hey, I feel like, you know, I'm doing some pretty cool stuff in the industry. My brother's doing some pretty cool stuff in the industry. We are black. We are young men. And it's it's... But from Toronto, at least, it's very rare to see, if we've seen it at all, you know, young black male actors, you know, that come from our city, specifically from Scarborough. So I wanted to create an initiative and an organization that not only celebrates, but also empowers and uses the platform to spark change in different ways, whether it be sponsorships or, you know, educating different filmmakers. And so we founded the Black Ball, which stands for building a legacy in acting, cinema, and knowledge. And Stefan and I came up with this abbreviation, and it stands for black, you know, which is great. And we started three or four years ago now. We'll be celebrating the fourth year, and we did it first year in Toronto, Versailles. The second year, we did it at Wildflower. And the third year, we actually partnered up with the Toronto International Film Festival. Cameron Bailey gave us the co-sign. Sick. You know, shout out to Cameron Bailey, who's the artistic director of TIFF. And we were an event partner with TIFF. And we celebrated at the TIFF Bell Lightbox this past year, which was incredible. And then given just how much growth that my brother and I have you know, in our careers, but also with our organization, we launched it in Los Angeles this year, you know, at the Oscars. Um, so it was it was the day before the Oscars or the day of was, the Oscars? It was the week. It was the, the, week, the of, week of the Oscars. You know, it was in tandem, I should say, rather. We weren't affiliated, but it was happening during the week of all the Oscar celebrations. And that happened on the, the Oscars, or what, the 24th? I think we did on the 20th, on the Wednesday, just kind of as a kickoff. And we had a lot of Canadians come out. A lot of Scarborough mans came out. Scarborough <laughs> girls came out. I had um, serious FOMO just looking you know. at your guys' Instagram uh, feeds. I'm like, you, man, was you, it man. like was Tiffany, ha- Tiffany? Tiffany Haddish was there. Yeah, she pulled up. And then Julia Roberts was there. Julia didn't come. Uh, Barry Jenkins pulled Barry up. Jen- though. Where did um, I see a photo with Julia? Probably at some other events that we did. Did you guys do? Did you guys do a, a Golden Globes party? We didn't do a Golden Globe party, but we partied at the Golden Globes. That's what I saw. With our cast members, yeah. yeah That's yeah. what I saw. So Amazon had a party, and you know all the, the stars were there. And uh, yeah, it, it's great. you know. And, and we're going to get ready for this year to do it again. And you know, we're going to be honoring some f- individuals. And you know, it's just great to be able to use the platform that Stefan and I are building to just have others 
use their skill sets, talents, and gifts to just shine. That's our main goal is to have people from where we're from shine. That's it. Speaking of Stefan, you and Stefan, you guys are like the leanest friggin' dudes. Have you embraced that vegan life as you've been in Los Angeles for the past three, four years? <laughs> I'm a Jamaican through and through, so vegan. <laughs> so when you come home, is that oxtail or rice and peas? All the time. You know, I respect vegans, I respect vegetarians and people's specific dietary restrictions. And uh, But for me, I'm a Jamaican. I love my oxtail and jerk chicken and goat too much. So, not <laughs> so you now. haven't embraced that vegan life? I have life. not embraced that vegan life. How do you stay so lean then? <laughs> it's a or, or are there even any Jamaican spots? In Los there, Angeles? There is one. There really? is one. Where yeah. is it? And what's it called? Guy, you can tell... Guy, what do you mean? You're, you're, not, you're not revealing a hidden gem. I mean, you are kind of revealing a hidden gem, but sharing is caring, Shamir. Oh, man. It's a pretty dope spot off of Pico called We Jammin'. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, that's shoot, the most Jamaican name ever. So like, I'm not, you know, but they're good, you know? Yeah, We Jammin'. And um, <laughs> shout out to Coolies, actually. On set of Goliath, they know how Jamaican, how proud I am to be Jamaican. And shout out to Keegan and the whole catering craft service team. They brought me Jamaican food my last night there before I came to Toronto. Sick. So they brought me oxtail, rice and peas, goat, plantain, uh, fried dumplings. So you flew home with a full belly. For, hey, bong, belly bong. <laughs> Guy, I just hit you immediately. Yeah, immediately. Just immediately. In, the, in, the, in the seat, you're just... You Knockout were... thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, but they, they know. And so I'm like, wow. So I think... For future, when my star power grows a little bit, I'll probably put it in my rider. As you should. Jamaican food, necessity, you know? Late night eating is the adversary of a healthy diet. Ugh. Additionally, when looking to feed your attention deficit disorder, there are dozens of other podcasts on TSN's YouTube page and about 7,000 Cabbie Presents episodes just waiting to be judged and adored. Now, back to actor Shamir Anderson living in Los Angeles, and that time he met Beyonce. I have a segment called This is G-Rated, and I'm not a G-Rated person. Speaking of uh, guilty pleasures, mm -hmm. for some people, Jamaican food is a guilty pleasure. I have a segment where I ask my guests to reveal either a terrible snack food or a trashy TV show yeah. that they consume, which are not all the way proud to admit that they do, but they will admit here on the Cabby Presents podcast. So what is your guilty pleasure, sir? My guilty pleasure... Oh man, guilty pleasure. There's a few. That's the funny part. Um, Go on and just share with the people. <laughs> uh, guilty pleasure. Dang. Like after two thirty a.m., is there a thing that you reach for in the cupboard, or you're like you're on your way, or you stop at like a Jack in the Box, or or one of those types of things? You know, it's 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 after two thirty a.m. It's a it's a double cheeseburger dressed like a Mac from McDonald's. <laughs> With sweet and sour sauce on the side, and I put it on the double cheese. And how many do you order? I order like two to three sometimes. <laughs> so I can't even lie. <laughs> Guy, we've all been we've all been involved yeah. in that McDonald's that late night McDonald's life. Yeah, double cheeseburger dressed like a back. But usually, shout out to Pat's. I go. I went to Pat's last night. Actually, I, I flew in and I went to Pat's. Nice. On Pat's Queen, on Queen Street on West. Queen Street, and I got a some Caribbean food place. And, yep, curry goat. And oxtail mix, you know, half and half. <laughs> that that is a hearty meal. Yeah, it Pat's, is a hearty meal. <laughs> I used to live right around the corner from there, so I would hit Pat's at least once or twice a week. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It didn't help my stomach much, but uh, <laughs> and it hasn't recovered, but it's still, I'm hitting hard. Okay, speaking of LA, did you ever? So people at home um, may not know this, but 
for a long time, there was a hotel where Canadian actors, when they traveled to L.A. for mm-hmm. pilot season, they would stay at this one hotel called the Highland Gardens. Mm-hmm. They stay there for a week or for a month, usually between like February and April, which is used to be the traditional pilot season. I don't know if it still is pilot season because with streaming and everything, the seasons kind of change. Yeah. When you first started going to L.A., did you ever stay at the Highland Gardens or have you ever even been there? Um, I drive by it. I've never been there. And... Uh, I'm aware of it. Uh, I felt like I didn't even have enough money to even stay there, to be honest. <laughs> when you first started <laughs> when going? When I first started going to L.A. So I moved to L.A. and I was staying in some apartments in like East Hollywood, an apartment in East Hollywood with my brother, actually. We came together with just like a couple suitcases and we shared a car. And yeah, I don't. I, we never had money to afford <laughs> Highland Gardens. I feel like that's even past our budget. <laughs> I stayed there once and I, w- I just went, uh, a friend of mine was, this, do you know Sean Ashmore? Of course. I did a movie with Sean Ashmore. Long time. Oh, was it Aaron Ashmore? I know. I remember both Well, they're of twins. Them. So, yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. worked with Aaron Ashmore on Killjoys. I was in Killjoys oh, with Aaron sick. Ashmore. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's a throwback. So, you say the company's planning a slaughter? Yes. And that is bad. <laughs> Do you think this is funny? <laughs> no. Huh? Half my family was assassinated for questioning Del Sayan Council. I'm putting myself at risk right now because you promised me proof that she is up to something. You just be cool, okay? We found the vector. What is he talking about? <laughs> Poison. It's in the company rations. Poison. So you have proof. We're gonna get some. Definitely. So you don't have it. Mm. And uh, Sean Ashmore, I did do a film with Sean Ashmore. It's with Stephen Moyer, myself, Sean Ashmore. Guy, you've done that many projects where you're forgetting projects no, now? No, 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 no. Let's slow down for a second. <laughs> I'm forgetting because my part was extremely small. That's why. So I, let me rephrase. I didn't work with Sean Ashmore. Okay, I was in a film where Sean Ashmore was starring in. Okay, let's just be real. The first time I went to LA, I stayed at Highlander just for a yeah. week, and Sean and Aaron were there for pilot season and, and like met so many Canadians. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. a guy went to school that Ryerson, this guy named Martin Garrow, who wrote Blind Spot, yep. he wrote a show called L.A. Complex, which mm-hmm. was based on Highland, the Highland Gardens Hotel. Mm-hmm. It was on MTV here, and I think MTV in the States, or mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. Nickelodeon. It's one of like those like teen, teen dramas or whatever. Anyway, I'd like you to, if you can, share one of these random Hollywood party stories. I'll tell you mine, and it's, <laughs> and it's not even that great. I was celebrating, in order to, to share under the trust tree, right, right, I was right. celebrating uh, New Year's Eve, and we went to like the Will Turn, and Dr. Dre was there. I, fe- I geeked out about Dr. Dre, and this was so long ago, I was like, oh, there's a Canadian kid, named, you're working with this guy named Drake, who's like writing for, he's like, yeah, Drake's super talented. And um, DJ AM, God bless the dead, he was still alive. He was performing with Travis Barker. AM was cutting on the turntables, and Barker was playing the, playing the drums. And anyway, so that night, we went to an after party in the Hollywood Hills. I'm like, oh, I'm going to the Hollywood Hills. And a friend of mine was dating uh, an actress. Uh, yeah, and, and her sister was like dialed into, you know, the L.A. scene. So we went to this big house, Infinity Pool. And we got there at like 2.30, and the music was awful. It was like, it was like whatever like the worst music in Ibiza is... At what are these parties in Ibiza? That's what was playing at this particular party. Anyway, I was there was like a sh- there was like a chef, like a whole crew making like sandwiches or whatever. So I was just walking around because I'm like, <laughs> I want to see what's up. Yeah, 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 and then yeah, there was yeah. one part I got to this one particular bathroom which had frost like frosted glass, and then there were just bodies, like beyond the glass that were just 
enjoying themselves. I was like, wow, this is, I like, you know, I didn't, I didn't put, <laughs> I wanted to put my ear up against the glass yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like, oh, do you guys need a, anyway, but I didn't. Uh, but that was the only kind of wild Hollywood party that I've ever been to where things were happening all around. I wonder if you had a similar experience um, as you're there way more often than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's, I've been to a few, I've been to a few Hollywood parties. I'll just speak on a recent one. Um, I actually, after the Oscars, Jay-Z and Beyonce, they do a private party called the Gold Party that happens. And so I was very, 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 very fortunate enough to receive an invite. And I uh, went to that party this year. Um, Where was it? Do you it remember was, the venue? I mean, I wonder how much I could share. I think, yeah, I could share that. You know, Martha came with me. Martha, you know, she works with the Blackball team. She's one of the executives. And she was my, my plus one. Um, but they, it was at the, it was at the, the Chateau Marmont, but like in this like exclusive part that like not even I think the Chateau Marmont guests know about. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was a dope party. I mean, the pictures are online. You know, you can see them. Oh, was that the just... one where Kevin Hart did the toast? No, that was the Rock Nation brunch. Oh, that my was goodness. dope. That was dope as well. I went. I was actually there as well. <laughs> wow, I went to the dude. Rock Nation brunch and um, and that was really dope. And I'll speak on that one. That one's like you know very iconic because it's been happening for so many years now. And I received an invite this year. I went with my brother and Martha as well. And uh, we got to experience Jay-Z, P. Diddy, Meek Mill, Kevin Hart, DJ Khaled. I mean, just legends on legends, you know, Beyonce. And just what to me was the coolest part is the embracement of just black people celebrating black success and excellence and excellence yeah yeah and you know to really be in that company of greatness you know real special for me to be celebrating it with my brother you know from you know knowing where we came from was super incredible and it, it's just you could imagine it was dancing good vibes you know being in the circle i geeked out over meek mill i love meek mill you know so that was super <laughs> dope and uh, a lot of those same individuals are out there, the Jay-Z and uh, Beyonce Oscar party, the gold party, which was super cool. I mean, just to be able to have that that invite in your email inbox is just unreal. You know, the Rock Nation brunch, I had to like pick up an envelope that like had like a barcode that oh, like wow. was only for one person. Right. You know, that like, a pre-check-in. Like it was like a whole process, you know, but it was just... It was it was it was a moment for sure. It was a bucket list, you know, for sure. Check. Okay, wait, before you, before you go, can you just describe the setting or like how I would like was it ornate? Were there like were there like uh, angels singing like by a harp? Because <laughs> Beyonce like Beyonce is like magic. She's the queen. She so is. and I wonder if she like Beyonce just floats when she. I've never seen her in real life. I've just seen her in concert. But does Beyonce just float as a regular like when she moves in in open space? I feel like she flies in open space. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like an understatement at this point, I think. I think flying is more appropriate <laughs> for what Beyonce does. Soars. It's almost know? like she moves in water, like the way you move in water. It's yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah. like that's how, because Beyonce's not going to be in a rush. Yeah, you know, yeah, no one yeah. gets, no one rushes the queen. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. The queen yeah. arrives when she arrives, and the party that starts when true. she gets there. That is true. That is true. I mean, I got to, to be in her presence, you know, and that to me was just like, whoa. <laughs> I've seen her at concert. That's, you know, we met at the 4-4. Well, we met at the Jay-Z concert, but I also saw the On the Run tour as well. But uh, I saw her, you know, a couple times, and it's just an honor, you know, to be in that greatness and just being like, wow, we belong. You know, but Beyonce is Queen B, you know? Were you, were people dancing? 
Or was it more of like a no. more of a sophisticated thing? Nah, people were dancing. People turn up. Oh, you know, black people, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I just heard, I just heard uh, Michael Gladwell's podcast. The podcast is called Broken Record, and the second one, Questlove talks about playing Obama's final night in the White House. Right. So he he crafted this like seven hour set that he played in Central Park two days before, and it murdered in Central Park. It was like uh, it was like an anthology of music. Like he went back to the '30s. He was like a PhD in music. Brought the same playlist to the White House. And he said it flopped. And because like Obama's kids were like, what is this? Yeah, what is yeah, it? So yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Quest was taking it. So Obama would, and he has this pretty good, I don't have a good um, a President Obama impression, but Obama would come up like, hey, uh, the only French Montana. No. <laughs> yeah. so, then, so then, you know, Quest was like, he's describing, he's like, oh, I'm going on my laptop, <laughs> I'm trying to French find Montana. French Montana and like find just some songs to like turn up the party. And uh, so crazy. even at the White House, we turn up. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I imagine yeah. at the Chateau Marmont, it was. I now that you're saying, like, of course, you know us. We were very vibrant people. Yeah, and we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. like to dance and celebrate. Yeah. Of so. course, it was a, it was a turn up for sure. I mean, it was. You know, I won't speak on any specifics, but there was a Shamir, lot. Of, this is, but that's what I want you to say, no, my I, dude. I can't be a. I want to be able to go back every year, <laughs> and I don't know how many beans I can spill, <laughs> and then this goes viral, and I don't get an invite because okay. I told y'all something I wasn't supposed to tell y'all. <laughs> We could talk about it off camera, but you know, Martha was there and she like Martha's not be you're trying to implicate Martha. Martha's not be Martha's thinking in the background, she doesn't want to be implicated. She's like, I want my invite too, Martha Bleeper. So Yeah, you know, but I can just say it was a moment. Okay. It was a it was a moment. I mean Drake pulled up. I'll give you that. Drake pulled up like a boss. You know what I'm saying? He was there, so I was cool. Can you give us a quick Johnny Depp story before you go? Oh, he's a man. He's but the like, man. does Johnny Depp? Did, okay, he's got so many different accents and like pieces <laughs> of accents because there's so many different characters. So like, his regular speaking in this movie, did he have his regular speaking voice? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, to be, I don't even know. I wouldn't know because he was in character. So maybe it was a regular speaking voice, or maybe it was the character. You know, I, funny story on Johnny Depp is when I got this film. You know, I you know I I beat out a lot of actors for the role. Of course. And uh, you know, after getting the film, the director made a point of that. Brad Furman, shout out to Brad Furman, he's incredible. And he said, "This is the he said this is Shamir Anderson, the guy that beat out all these actors for the role." And I got a knock on my trailer, and it was the AD, the assistant director, said, "Hello, Mr. Anderson, uh, the director and Johnny Depp would like to see you, please." So I'm on set the first time I'm meeting Johnny. I'm like. Literally, I was wearing a tracksuit, and I was sweating. And I remember this so clearly. And I zip up my tracksuit. I had no shirt underneath. And I come on my trailer. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, you know, you don't have a, a, a marine on. You're just sweating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, you know, I, I, I go to the trailer. It's like, you know, and a security guard, Johnny security, stops me and goes, who, who are you? I'm, 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 I'm one of the, 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 the cast members in the film. And then the AD's like, no, he's fine. He's fine. He's like, okay, come on in. So, you know, we're waiting. Anticipation. Johnny obviously doesn't come out of the trailer right away. Brad Furman comes out and goes, oh, yo, Johnny, it's that dude, Shamir, I was telling you about, man. Come meet him, right? And Brad's like, what's up, man? Welcome to second. Congratulations, you know? Johnny hasn't come out yet. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the anticipation's building. You're sweating even more, Even too. more, <laughs> yeah. right? And then Johnny Depp comes out the trailer, and he goes, hey, Shamir Anderson, heard a lot about you. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Happy to have you here. And then he gives me a hug. And at that moment is what I said, my life's complete. (laughs) Scar Romance made it. The Scar Romance made it. I was so like, I met them. I met for me, it's Edward Scissor's hands. So for me, I was looking at Edward in the flesh. I was like, 
oh my god it's, <laughs> it's edward you know but uh only a few people know that story so cabby you, you know you got that so, i appreciate uh, yeah, i course, appreciate the exclusive that's, that's that's the exclusive i can get but it was great experience man i got to work with jd and get to be in his world and um, I'm excited for people to see this film it's a darker film it's a darker piece okay. you know darker qualities of myself I don't play a good guy <laughs> um, but um, yeah so I'm excited for people to see that so that went sorry that's City of Lies City of Lies yes. City of Lies so that's later 2019 and then yeah. Gladiator season 3 also in 2019 Goliath season 3 sorry excuse me yeah. sorry Goliath. Goliath season 3 yeah and then something else starting May 6th <laughs> which we will perhaps see in the fourth quarter of yeah, 2019 yeah, 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 or even sure. 2020 sure well we'll hopefully make an announcement I was hoping to have an announcement this week but you know some delay so we'll have probably an announcement in the next few weeks so. I'm excited for you man thanks man I'm I appreciate excited. it thank you thank uh, so you. on Instagram you can follow Shamir's Adventure at Shamir Anderson S-H-A-M-I-E-R Anderson A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N you got it and if you want some ideas about style, <laughs> Shumi Anderson is your is your plug. I appreciate you, Cabby. Thank, Thank you for having me. Much, Thank guy. you for being on the Cabby Presents podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you for listening to Shamir Anderson. This was Cabby Presents, the podcast. 